0: a series right now called Grown Ups. This is actually the last week of this series, and next week we begin a brand new series called For the People, and what we're doing is we're going to spend some time looking at culture. How do you, as a follower of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, engage culture? You know that scripture, how do you be in the world but not of it? So we're going to spend a few weeks just looking at culture, but tonight as we conclude this series, we're going to talk about money, racks, stacks, Cheddar, Guap, De Niro, Benjamins, dough, cream, dollar dollar bills. We're going to talk about money. We all got at least a dollar, I hope. We all use money, spend money. If you're here and you're like, man, I brought my friend and we're talking about money. Oh, worse. It's not going to be that bad, I promise. It's not, it's not a, a, a sermon on tithing, it's a sermon on some just biblical, practical advice, um, primarily aimed at our hearts, and how we should choose to spend our money, and we're going to talk about, what I love about The Ascent is that, man, this, this ministry is real. This is not fluffy. We actually talk about stuff, I'm going to move this table up a little, I feel too far from you, so I'm going to move it up a little, but we actually talk about stuff that's happening in our lives. And, and we don't we don't it's, we don't sugarcoat anything, it's just raw, real truth about life. So we're gonna talk about money because Jesus talked about money. Jesus actually talked about money a ton. Um, in the gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament that retell and and, and explain the, the life of Jesus. There's four of them. In the gospel account <coughs> excuse me, in the gospel accounts of Jesus' life, one in every ten verses deals with money or resources, or wealth. And Jesus, in, 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 as recorded in the Gospels, told 38 parables. And out of those 38 parables, 16 of them deal with money, wealth, treasure, resources. And so if Jesus talked about it, we want to be the kind of community that talks about it. And unfortunately, I feel like money, uh, there's so much to talk about. I feel like this should be an entire series, uh, but I have 26 minutes left to talk about it, so we're not going to cover a ton about money, but I hope what we're able to do is give uh, a, a framework and, and, a, and a foundation for us moving forward as we uh, spend money, make money, all of that kind of stuff. So if you have your Bibles, we want to encourage you to open your Bibles, underline the verses that we cover each week, take notes if you brought a journal, or on your phone, we love technology here at The Ascent, so however you get access to your Bible or a notepad, get it out right now. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. Matthew is in the New Testament, uh, which covers the life of Jesus. The Old Testament is kind of before Jesus. New Testament is Jesus and after Jesus. And Matthew was a disciple of Jesus. Um, When Jesus first met him, he wasn't uh, near to God. He didn't care about God. He was a tax collector, which actually we can't get into it. It made him an enemy of his own people, the Jewish people. And so he was despised and hated and rejected because of the actions and actually the career path that he chose in his life. But Jesus called him. Man, Jesus can call and use anybody. So Jesus calls this guy, and he writes um, about the life of Jesus. And so in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read just a few verses. If you don't have a Bible, that's totally cool. Uh, You can get one at the info bar after the service. Uh, But if that's not your thing, whatever. Uh, But it's going to be on the screens as well, so you can follow along with us. Matthew 6, we're going to read verses 19 to 24. Jesus is talking, and this is what he says. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He goes on, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Then he goes on to say, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Before we continue, let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. I just thank you for every single person that is here in this place. Uh, we're grateful for them. So, Jesus, thank you for bringing them into this, into this family. And we invite you here to move in our lives. God, we want to hear from you tonight. And so through this text and um, just the, in the remaining moments that we have together, uh, we pray for revelation. We pray not for just information, not just for content, but to hear from your, from your word, from you personally. So meet us where we're at, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And all the God's people said, amen. amen. Hey, just FYI, if you want to, like, get into the message, if you want to respond, if, if I say something, I might say one or two good things tonight. But if I do and you're like, man, I like that, you can give a little amen, hmm I like that, preach that. We want to, we're not the chosen frozen people. Come on, we come to church far too often and just sit there. Like, less, man, Jesus is exciting. So if you want to engage, if you want to participate in that way, um, you're invited to. But um, question for you, and you don't have to answer, but but think about it. Have you ever made a plan that failed? (laughs) Never. (laughs) My wife, my wife, that was her. When she makes plans, they never fail. She never fails. Have you ever made a plan that failed? Um... So I make tons of plans. I'm a planner. Uh, I'm an analyzer. Um, If we're going to Ikea, I plan the whole trip. Roberta, we're going to leave at 6.32. I went on Google, and I found that on Tuesday nights, that's when traffic is the lowest, so we'll get there in the least amount of time because I hate traffic. I'm a planner, but, but in my planning, I plan everything. My plans often fail. So I was thinking about all the plans and the things, and I, I'm always in my head. I'm just I create moments before they actually happen, and they literally never happen the way I want them to. So um, a few years ago, I was thinking about this because uh, last week, my wife and I went to the spa at uh, Inn at the Forks. We went there and we got massages. and I was there, and I was reminded of two years ago when we went to Inn at the Forks and we got massages. And so at Inn at the Forks um, before you go in for your massage, there's this, there's this um, quiet area where you're just supposed to go and you rest and there's like hummus and pitas and like dried fruit and it's the best and it's quiet and so you're just there and you're relaxing. You're in your robe, which is kinda awkward. There's people around, but you're just relaxing. You're having a good time and everywhere it says, shh, quiet, quiet zone, silence. Don't speak, be quiet, don't say anything. So my wife and I are sitting there and we're whispering, like we're being quiet, we're good. Um, And we're relaxing, We're, we're waiting for our massages, we came about 30 minutes early, so we're just chilling there, right, relaxing. And all of a sudden, these ladies get out of their massage and they sit down just right around the corner. And so it's fine, whatever, other people are allowed to be there, so we ignore them, but as we're relaxing, as we're sitting in the quiet zone, they begin to not be quiet. They begin talking. And they are talking so loud. I, it's like they're talking to me. I can hear everything they're saying. They're gossiping about this and this and that. And, and it's just like, man, I don't want to. So Roberta and I are sitting there. like We're looking at each other like, this sucks. Like, man. And, and I'm like, I'm like a non-confrontational guy. So I'm like, ah, oh, I hope they stop soon so we can get back to this <laughs> relaxing. And, and I just sit there. And Roberta's like, this is so annoying. I'm like, I know it's so annoying. She's like, this is so annoying. She's like, you need to go do something about it. I'm like, I don't want to. She's like. Go and do something about it. So I'm like, okay. So I, I, I create this plan in my head. I was like, and, and, and after like five, 10 minutes of just analyzing the situation, I, I'm like, here's what I was gonna do. I was gonna walk up and I was gonna say, good evening, ladies. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to inconvenience you and bother you, but my wife and I are here on a date and we're enjoying the quiet space. And I was just wondering if you would mind Again, I don't want to bother you, so if you mind, uh, would you just be able to keep it down just a little bit so we can relax in here? And so I got that, and I was like, perfect, this is going to be great, it's going to be so smooth, I'll come back and tell Roberta how I handled it so elegantly, and I walk up, and I, I walk up, and I, (laughs) I don't know what happened, but I see them, I see them and I freeze, and I look at them, and I'm like, (laughs) I was like, hey, (laughs) I literally yelled, (laughs) Hey! <laughs> and I walked away. <laughs> and my plan, my plan failed. <laughs> I feel like when it comes to money, um, I can come up with all the plans that I want, all the plans that I like, and, and it just seems like I can never get it right. I, I, can, I can budget, and then the amount of our income or our bills goes up. Um, I, I, I can plan how we're going to pay off this debt, but then an emergency happens and we have to spend money. Like, like I can make all the plans that I want when it comes to money, but I just feel like every time we have a plan and we're like beginning to make you know, moves towards our goals financially, something happens. So we constantly are making plans, but they're always failing. They're always falling through. And, and I feel like most of us can relate, man, we all have goals financially, we, wherever you're at in life, if you're a student, if you're just graduating, if you're 27 and you've been in your career for a while, we have these goals, but I feel like, man, we get stuck, especially when it comes to money. And so I'm thinking about money, and I'm wondering, maybe the reason our plans constantly fail when it comes to money, when it comes to finances and our resources, is because maybe we've got money all wrong. Maybe we think we've got money figured out. Maybe we think it's about budgets and goals and investments and, 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 and savings plans and all of these things. But maybe we've gotten it all wrong. And, and, and so as we look at Matthew 6, this moment where Jesus is, is teaching, I think we can learn a thing or two about money. I think it, we'll, what we'll learn will actually set us up for success as we walk out of this place. Maybe not success in the way that we think, Maybe we're not going to get rich all of a sudden. Maybe we're not going to get that dream car that we want all of a sudden. But I think what Jesus has to say in this scripture in Matthew 6 will give us something that we can apply to our hearts, that as we leave this place, our money, our financial situation, maybe it doesn't improve or change numerically or the value doesn't change, but our hearts will change and I think we'll be more successful when it comes to finances than ever. So when we look at Matthew 6, Jesus' is teaching, He's actually teaching in, uh, this is just a part of his most famous sermon ever. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's called that because Jesus is on a mountain as he preaches this sermon. So he's preaching this uber-famous sermon that he has called Sermon on the Mount. And as he begins this portion of his message, he begins by addressing the current culture of the day. He says you lay up for yourselves and you store things for yourselves. And actually what was happening at this time is um, the people believed that God blessed you, and if God loved you, he would bless you with finances. He would bless you with things. So if you had a big house, if you had lots of money, if you had um, people that worked for you and worked under you, that meant the favor of God was upon you. So he's addressing this as he begins preaching this message. Today, we have this as well. It's called the prosperity gospel, where we think God is this genie who, if we ask him for stuff, he'll give it to us. Hey, God, if I follow you, you'll give me this. And it might not be money, But it could be, God, if I follow you this week, you'll help me do really good on that test score. We have this mentality, so he's addressing that culture. But what he's also doing is he's going deeper than culture, and he's addressing the human heart and the human condition. What Jesus is really after in this moment, as he begins teaching this lesson, this sermon about money, is he's after our hearts. He's speaking to the human condition, the human heart, and he's after, he's teaching about discontentment. He's saying you're discontent, you're, you're discontent. And, and so you're storing up things for yourself. You're, you're, you're saving money. You're, you're, you're pursuing things and goods, and you're constantly after things. What Jesus is letting us know, I think we're all aware of this, is that discontentment is in our hearts. Discontentment is in our hearts, and there's a fight going on in our hearts to be content or to be discontent. And I think oftentimes the part that wins is the discontent. Man, I feel like our generation is so discontent. We are just constantly being attacked. The, the enemy has a foothold into our life in this area. We're constantly looking around, and we're coveting, and we're jealous, and we want what other people have, and we see things that they have, and we don't have it, and so we're lacking, and we want it. And man, Instagram and social media makes this so, t- man, the struggle is real to enjoy what you have. I was talking to Roberta, she's like, my grandpa, when he was a kid, you know what they would be jealous about? They, they would eat uh, pork and beans. And I guess in pork and beans, I don't eat them. There'd be a little piece of meat or something. And, and so they would fight over that little piece of meat. And that was the thing that stirred up discontentment in them. They're like, man, I didn't get the piece of meat in the pork and beans. But today, man, I'm jealous when my friend has the new iPhone and I don't. I have the second newest iPhone and I'm not happy. I want the new. I- like anything can make us discontent. We got this, this, this void In our souls, you know what discontentment is? It's it's, it's this void in our souls, and we try to fill it. Ultimately, only God can fill it, but even followers of Jesus forget that only God can fill it, and so we pursue things. We pursue trips. We pursue experiences. We pursue electronics and, and different things. Whatever it is, we're just constantly searching. We're discontent, and we'll do anything to just get new stuff. You know what we'll do? We'll even go into debt. Ooh, debt. Man, you know what debt stands for? Doing everything but thinking. <laughs> Doing everything but thinking. We, 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 we don't have the money, but we saw someone else had something and we wanted it, so we spent money we didn't have to impress people we don't even really like or care about. We're just, we're just going into debt, man. And and, and and here's the thing about debt. We can't get too into it. I wish we could, because I'm like, I hate debt. Um, There's healthy debt and there's unhealthy debt. Healthy debt is like, man, your student loan. Healthy debt is a renovation on your house when you have a plan to pay it off. Uh, A a Mortgage is healthy debt. Uh, Possibly a car loan. Um, There's healthy debt, but then there's unhealthy debt. Being broke and going out for food. Um, Being broke and getting the new MacBook. Being broke and getting an Apple Watch. Being broke and uh, going on a trip. Spending money you don't have and don't have plans to pay back, that's unhealthy debt. And I would assume that if you're in debt, most of our debt is unhealthy debt. It's not good debt. It's not smart. It's not wise debt. And, and debt is bad because here, debt is oppressive. Debt is oppressive in the sense that it weighs on, it weighs on us. It, it's like a, a black cloud following you around. Debt just, it weighs on you even if it's healthy debt, it's just there and it, it takes away value from your life. It causes stress in your life. And, and I love, there's this moment in scripture in the Old Testament where um, God's people are oppressed. God's people, the Jews, are oppressed by the Egyptians. And Moses, this, re, this leader who God raises up, he goes to Pharaoh, who was the king of Egypt, and he says, let my people go, release them from this oppression, that they may worship God. When you are oppressed, you cannot worship. There's just too much going on that clouds your minds, that distracts you when you are oppressed, and so debt distracts you. Debt keeps you from worshiping God, and so we got to do everything that we can to avoid debt, because debt also kills generosity. Debt kills generosity. There, there, There are moments that we miss out on blessing others and being a blessing because, because if they're taking up an offering at church or there's a, a campaign going around or a GoFundMe, they're like, hey, man, can you support this? You're like, man, I don't got, I don't got nothing. I actually have negative I $7,000. I can't be generous. Debt kills generosity. But I was thinking about this. Isn't it funny that even when we're in debt, even when we don't have the ability, like we'll never go into debt to be generous, but we'll almost often go into debt to have that experience, that trip, that thing that we want. We'll never, like when, when, the, when the collection plate is coming along at church, we'll never say, I don't have it, but I'll write a check to it anyway and pay it back in two months. We'll never do that for a capital campaign or, or some kind of campaign that's happening, but we'll for sure go into debt for two years to go on a trip. Debt kills generosity. It takes away your ability to be generous, and so we've got to kill debt. We've got to get rid of it. If you're in debt and you're struggling with debt, can I give you a great resource? Dave Ramsey, YouTube him. This dude is cutthroat. He'll tell it like it is, but he will give you the tools that you need to get out of debt. So you could be, man, God wants to use you to bless people. He he, he wants to use you to impact the world. But when you're in debt, man, debt kills generosity. It, it, It robs you of the life that God wants you to live. So we need to get out of debt. And, and, and debt and discontentment, man, they go together. And, and discontentment is so dangerous because when we're discontent, like we're willing to go into debt. We're willing to spend money we don't have and all of that stuff. But you know what? When we operate from discontentment, we begin looking at life from, from what I don't have rather than what I do have. And, and not even just to get more stuff, but we miss out on what we currently have right now. We become Blinded to the blessings and the amazing things that we have in our lives right now. And and, and scripture actually speaks to the remedy and gives us a remedy for discontentment. There's a guy in the Bible, his name is Paul, and he uh, had this crazy encounter with Jesus, and in the New Testament, he writes 13 letters to different churches and different leaders. There's a letter that he writes to a guy named Timothy, who's this young leader, and he actually speaks to him about our discontent, Hearts And so, again, if you have your Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're going to read just two verses that Paul writes to, uh, to his young protege, Timothy. And this is what he says. He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with this we will be content. And so... So the remedy for discontentment is a godly perspective. It's it's all about your perspective. If if your heart's not right, it doesn't matter how much you have. You could be a millionaire, billionaire, gazillionaire. It doesn't matter if your heart's not right, if your perspective isn't right, you'll never be happy. You'll never have enough. And so what Timothy says is, hey, man, you've got to have this perspective. You, you didn't bring anything in. You can't take anything out. And, 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 and the things of the earth, man, Jesus, Jesus is like, why are you storing up things and laying up things on earth? Man, it's just going to get broken. It's just going to get destroyed. You're just ne- going to need to upgrade. Paul says you can't take it with you to the next life. And so I love that they're both on the same page. But then Jesus, as he affirms what Paul is saying, and tells us, hey, he 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 tells us, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. This is what we need to be doing as followers of Jesus, is storing up treasures for ourselves in heaven. We need to invest in heaven. We need to look to the future. We need to look to the next life and start taking our earthly resources and using it to make an impact in the next life, invest in heaven, use it for God, man, money is not, money is a tool to use in this life, absolutely, you need to put clothes on your back, food on your table, you need to pay your bills, use your money for your life now, but also use it for the next life, I love this scripture, because you know what it tells me, it says our money, our resources, our treasure, our stuff, man, is so much bigger than us, your money is so much more than money, your money can be used for so much more than just you. Your money is bigger than you. Man, your money is for building the kingdom. Your money is for God's purposes. Your money is for God's work, for God's will, for God's desires. How cool is it that we can use this paper stuff, or sometimes it's not even paper. It's just on a screen. It's in an account. and We can make an impact with it. We can use it for heaven and God's purposes. Man, that's insane. I love that. And, and, man, so usually when the church teaches on money, we, we teach on tithing, right? We teach on God says in the Bible to give 10%. So you should worship God and be obedient and give 10%. And that's absolutely true. But, man, I think that's so boring. Man, we have made giving and being generous boring. Tithe. Like, like I'm not about tithing, but I love building the kingdom. I love being generous, and I'm not saying I'm not, tith- I don't, I'm not about tithing and that I don't, I do tithe, but I'm saying the number, we've made it so much smaller than, than, it, than it is. Man, it's not about tithing, it's about being generous, it's about impacting the kingdom. It's so much bigger. God talks about tithing, absolutely. Scripture talks about tithing, but it's so much bigger than that. There's a scripture uh, in Genesis 12, verse 13. God is talking to this guy named Abraham. Genesis is the very first book of the Bible. He's talking to this guy named Abraham. He says, you are blessed to be a blessing. So, so we, we're introduced to this idea called stewardship. Stewardship is, is, is essentially this. Everything is God's. So we're talking about 10%. This is what we say in church. Give God 10%. Use 10% to build the kingdom of heaven. But God, through his scriptures, actually teaches, yes, tie that 10%. We think we can just take the other 90%, and then the 90% that we don't even have, we'll just call it 150%. Our debt, our money that we don't have, and use that for whatever you want. But scripture says the opposite. It teaches this thing called stewardship. And what it means is that everything is God's. Everything belongs to God. 100% of your finances, your resources, your treasure belongs to God and is for God and his purposes. Stewardship is this. Everything we have is from God and everything we have is for God. Everything we have is from God and everything we have is for God. James 1.7 says every gift is from God. It's, it's, it's from the giver. And, and, and Colossians 3.7 says that in everything we do, we are, t- 3.17, we're to glorify God. So we get it from God, and we use it to glorify God. It's from God, and it's for God. So, so I think we've done a disservice in talking about tithing. Man, we need to begin talking about stewardship. Because God has given you everything, not to store up treasures on earth, but to make an impact in heaven, to build the kingdom of heaven. And so, man, I'm, I'm here, and we're talking about money. And, and, man, I don't want my life to just be about trips and experiences and things and stuff like if I'm at the end of my life and I've been to every country on the planet and I have, I've had every iPhone and I have a nice car and my family is well off man I want a legacy marked by generosity I want a legacy I want to leave a life behind where I was building the kingdom of heaven where I wasn't investing and laying up for myself treasures on this earth but I was focused on the future. I was focused on the next life. I was building something bigger than me. I was investing in the church. I was investing in missions. I was investing in people who are making it happen. I want my life to be more than just stuff that we can't even take with us to the next life. And so how do we store for ourselves treasures in heaven? Paul also addresses this in 1 Timothy six seventeen. To 19 I believe <coughs> 17 to 19 Paul is talking again he says as for the rich in this present age charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertain riches on the uncertainty of riches but on God who richly provides with us everything to enjoy they are to do good to be rich in good works to be generous ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of which is truly life. So the way that we impact and invest in the next life is to be generous with what we have in this life. When When God gives us something and we don't hoard it and keep it for ourselves, but we keep it with open arms and we're looking and asking, God, what am I to do with these resources that you've put in my hands? That's how we invest in the next life, through generosity, through, as Paul says, being ready to share. And so when you are with someone and they don't have, are you ready to share? When, when, when they're talking at church and they're trying to make an impact in our city or across the world, are you ready to be generous and to share? Jesus says our money isn't just for us. It's for building the kingdom. It's so much more. And I just want to clarify, we don't give so we can be good people. We don't give because it's the right thing to do. It's not some moralistic obligation that we have that says, man, people are going through it. so I Man, we give because God gave. We give what God has given us because we steward it, but we also give because God was so generous and he gave us his son Jesus on the cross. Man, God had one son and he gave him away to be sacrificed, to be tortured, to be murdered so we could know him, so we could have relationship. God is so generous and good to us. And so in the spirit, not of being good people, but in following Jesus with everything we have, we are generous like he was generous with us. And, and Jesus teaches this. As Jesus teach, teaches, man, God could care less about your money Sometimes I think, when God, teach, we think when, when, when God teaches about money, it's because he needs our money. He wants our money. Man, God isn't concerned with your money. Man, God cares about your heart. This is all about your heart. This is all about your heart. God is concerned with the inside you. God cares about your soul. He doesn't care how many zeros are in your bank account. Man, he, he, he's all about your heart. He kind of wraps up this teaching and he says, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so, man, the principle that Jesus is teaching out for us is this. Our hearts accompany our treasure. Our hearts accompany our money. This is a principle. Man, your heart, your heart follows where you put your money. Your money or your money does not follow your heart you get what i'm saying so so the things that you're passionate about your money will not follow but where you put your money you will become passionate about in other words your body leads your soul where the, the name the, the where you write that check to where you swipe that credit card that thing that you just purchased and bought or or experienced your heart will follow after that i don't know why it is that way but our bodies lead our souls, and so what you spend your money on, what you invest in, that's what your heart is going to go after. So God's concern with your heart, God's concern with your heart. In this case, what we spend our money on, what we invest our money in, our resources, our treasure, our affections are going to follow. So um, a few weeks ago, I, uh, we were at this marriage conference, my wife and I, and uh, throughout the marriage conference, conference, I realized that I'm kinda not the greatest husband and uh, I hadn't planned a date night for my wife and I in a while. And so I came up with this idea um, that I was gonna turn one of our rooms into into a fort, a blanket fort. And so I put blankets everywhere, I like stapled them into the walls and I covered everything and I had string lights and I had pictures of us when we got engaged and we had fondue in there and I brought the iPad and we, we watched a movie, we had fondue in a fort. And I was so excited. I spent hours, because I'm not good at, like, building things. I spent hours um, building this thing. And I was so excited that when she came home, we rushed through dinner. And I was like, babe, you got to get upstairs. you got to get upstairs. Because I I put a blindfold on her. I made her get on the ground because the opening was really low. And when I took the blindfold off, she immediately just burst into tears and started crying. And you know what I did? I burst into tears and I started crying. Because I I, I put my treasure into my wife, and and my heart just followed after her. And when it saw how happy she was and how pleased she was, man, I just couldn't help but celebrate and be excited with her and for her. Where your your treasure is, your heart will follow after. Your treasure, sorry, your hearts accompany your treasure. And so as we conclude tonight, we're going to worship in just a second, but I got to ask. Like what, what? What is your heart following? Where is your treasure? What has your heart? What has your heart? Because Jesus, um, a few verses down, he says you cannot serve God and money. You will either love one or despise the other. You got you can't have two masters. Jesus says you can't. It can't be God and money. You've got to pick one. You don't have the capacity in you, the ability in you to serve both God and money, so pick one, and by, ba- by, by, by making, th- making this statement, Jesus is telling us, man, and I know sometimes, like, we want everything, we want it always, we don't want to be confronted with choices and decisions, but Jesus is saying, choose, is it going to be me, or is it going to be stuff, is it going to be me, or is it going to be your treasure, That's the reality of the gospel, man. It confronts us, and it makes us decide. And so when we leave this place tonight, some of us have to decide. And we all got to decide. Are we going to chase after money and stuff and treasure, or are we going to chase after Jesus? And I just want to be clear, man. God has nothing against money. God God isn't mad that you have money. He loves, I mean, he gave it to us, right? He's the one who blesses us with it in the first place. But, but again, God's after our hearts. And man, this is, this is the revelation that we need to leave here with tonight. Is that God himself wants to be our treasure. Jesus wants him to be your treasure. He wants you to be crazy about him. He wants you to pursue him. He wants you to forsake it all to know him. There's this scripture found in Matthew. Can we throw it up on the screens? I won't dig into my, it says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found covered up and then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. Man, Jesus wants us to sell it all, give it all away to know him. He wants us to be crazy about him and wild about him. Man, man, it's not about what you have, it's about who you have. Man, you have Jesus, and he loves you so much, and he's saying, man, give it all up. Give it all away, because in Jesus, you have everything that you could ever need. He will provide it all for you. He will take care of you. You don't have to long for and hustle and and desire stuff, because if you pursue Jesus, man, he will give you the desires of your heart. So, man, we can be content, and we can be okay, and we can look around in a world where maybe we don't have things that we want, but we have Jesus. Man, tonight I believe Jesus is calling us to make him our treasure. He wants to, he wants, he wants to be your treasure. And so tonight what we're going to do as we conclude our service is we're going to, I want to invite you to stand. And we're going to worship. And as you sing this song, as you have your moment with God, as you connect with Jesus, you get to decide tonight, God or money, what will your treasure be? Because Jesus, man, he's telling our generation, man, I want to be your prized possession. I want to be the apple of your eye. I want to be your riches. I want to be your everything. I want to be your treasure. So let's worship Jesus tonight.